0: Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at legacyfamily.tv. It is Mother's Day. And you know we want to honor Mother. But you know what? This'll fit you men. It'll help you. Mm-hmm. I tell a lot of stories about my grandmother and stuff, but and I'll explain why. But Uh, I always bring out the comical stuff. You know, she had a 32 gun in her purse for fun and half a gallon of water and enough medications for a pharmacy. And, uh, you know, she moved about like this until somebody got hurt or somebody, you know. My most embarrassing experience in life was with my grandmother. I'm playing basketball and a boy throws a bad pass across court to me and this boy's coming and he's going to steal it and dunk it. And I just go ahead and meet it, and he hits me head on and knees me right in the middle of the stomach. And I'm rolling around on the floor in the middle of the basketball court. The gym's packed. I cannot breathe. I look up, and there's my grandmother standing over me with that purse. (laughs) And I'm like, I still cannot breathe. And I don't know how she got down there because I watched them go up to the top row so she could lean back. And lo and behold, I look up, and I'm in the middle of the floor. I'm right in the half court, and she's standing over me, and there's my mama over her shoulder. I get up. I'm healed. I still can't breathe, but I get up, and I walk off the court because I'm so embarrassed. And after the game, I'm telling you, I was so sore, he bruised my backbone. He hit me in the stomach, and and, uh, I said, Mom, what are you doing letting her come down those stairs? She goes, I couldn't catch her. So anyway, you got to have good stories about mom, good or bad. And uh, you know what? Maybe your mom's not alive, but you still honor them. Those thoughts, those things, I just honored my grandmother, and she's not alive. But she cared. That's my baby. That's all she was saying going down the steps. That's my baby. Because I was the first grandchild, and at the time, I was her baby still. And so anyway, let's dig into the Word. Uh, We're talking about honoring your mother, and and I want to show you some things from the Word of God Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. for this is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. How do you like that promise? That it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. You may not agree with everything mama said or did. You may not agree uh, with everything your daddy did, but you know what? You got to honor them. Uh, family family is being attacked in our country more than any other country family is being attacked right now you look at how many families the even in the church 50% 51% of people are getting divorced and marriage is not 50-50 that's divorce is 50-50 marriage is 100% on both sides 100% and you need to hold on to your marriage because it's under attack and realize every time you get in an argument it's the enemy yes. we have an enemy and every time you get in an argument and yeah i get in arguments with my wife but it's the enemy and we need to recognize because you're tired you're weary you're burnt out you you're not you know feeling it yeah but you got you gotta you know what's why you know we start off with psalms 103 praise the lord on my soul let's just stop right there your soul solical man. That's where the seat of your emotions are. You know, I love ice cream. That's in my emotions. I love, you know, uh, my, my grandsons learned I love. I love purple eggs. I love chocolate ice cream. I love cake. He loves everything. And so, you know, uh, you think about, oh, I love that game. Put that on my list for Christmas. He's learned that. Lolly, put that on my list. I said, when did y'all start a list? And so, anyway, my point is, the seed of your emotions, you have to control them. You have to control your emotions. They'll run away with you. You ever seen somebody with their emotions run away with them? Yeah. And so, we want to control our emotions. A- Ephesians 6.1, the promise is that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land, good or bad. You honor and you remember. Look, look. it says the same thing in Exodus 20.12 and Deuteronomy 5.16 it's, that's the, it's in the Ten Commandments. And it says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land and the Lord your God, the Lord your God, is giving you. That's the first uh, uh, promise. With the law, it was given in the law, but you know what? We still honor. And it's in, it's in the New Testament as well. I want to throw some, some other things to you. Um, Isaiah 66, 13 it's not in your notes. Maybe you want to write it down. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. This is God talking. Now, I'm not trying to confuse you or mess you up with this statement, but the Bible talks about God being just as much female as male, and I'm not trying to confuse you in our day in society. It's all mixed up. What I'm saying is, is God is just like your wife that drives you nuts about details. Put that right here. You've moved it. Put it back. You know, your wife ever do that? The house is a mess. No, but two things out of spot, you know. But they're in the detail. Detail. God's in the detail. Have you ever seen a microscope of your eyeball? Have you ever looked under a microscope at a flower? God created it all. He's in the detail. God's in the detail. And matter of fact, he's called El Shaddai, which is, oh. that leans towards the feminine side he's the all-sufficient one he's the one who supplies all your needs but no god is a man god is male Uh, jesus is a man the holy spirit's a he just trying to help you but i believe adam had every aspect to do everything but god created a helper for him where he could have a team he could have somebody to comfort him somebody to be with him somebody to have his, his be at his side not behind him be at his side let's get it right you know, and I almost, was just too long to read, but go read Proverbs 31. What a, a, a virtuous woman. She runs the house. She buys a field, goes and examines the field, and looks at the field. We're we going to buy this field. Takes the profits from that field and plants a vineyard. We're talking about doing business, ladies. Yes. Nothing wrong with ladies doing business. I'm, I'm kicking the male chauvinist again, Sorry. Come on, so he, her husband sits at the gate. He's a leader in the city. She's running the household. How many of y'all, dad, how many of your fathers went to work and mom ran the household? That's me. Yeah. You come in and mom cooked, mom cleaned, mom had everything. You know, and, and when I was in, when I was in church as a probably about a 13, 14-year-old, the preacher said, You need to love God more than you do your mama. I said, wait a minute, mama fries chicken. Okay, mama cooks biscuits. And mama fries chicken, I mean, that, wait a minute, now you're pushing here. But that is what, the way God set it up. He set up a mother and a father to provide for children, and, and that they would always run to them. I, if, if you brought ch- your child in here, they would lift their hands. That's why we lift our hands. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking somebody to help me. My, my, you know, the grandchildren, my children always want a dad. Or wanted, they want a pop. They want to hold me. I want God to hold me. And God set it up for us to serve him, to to train our children up, and we're always pointing up. We're telling our children, serve God, serve God, serve God. Everything we have, everything we have is because of God. Everything we have, look at what the Lord has done. And and to turn uh, our children's thoughts from us being their source, but to God being their source. God's our source. God's our strength. He's our shield. He's our healer. He's the glory and lifter of our head. And I know I'm making reference, but in in the way God has set up, the way it's supposed to be, but maybe your mother and father weren't that all that. That's why the family's under attack. That's why you see people doing crazy things. It's because they're looking for attention because they didn't get it at home. But God can turn you if you'll focus to him and let him be your father, let him be your mother. He said he'd be the father to the orphans. He'd be your source and supply. He'll be your parent if you'll let him. I also got to thinking, and I added these scriptures too, and so this is kind of funny. You know, I, the Lord talks to me a little bit different than most people, but who in the house controls the cookie jar? Mama. And, hey, can we have a cookie after supper? It's control, you know. No, no, you got, you know, or yeah, you know. But you know what? Who gives you access to the Father? It's Jesus. In in Romans uh, 5, 2, it'll be on the screen, and you want to write it down. Though we, uh, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access to the grace of God through Jesus Christ. How many know uh, mothers are, are the are the grace givers in the house most of the time. And so, you know what? Mothers always point their, their children to do what's right. They uh, You gain access to the chocolate pie, to the food. But you know what? You have to be obedient, don't you? But we don't want to talk about obedience. We just want to talk about the good thing. No. God, God's into obedience too. And you know what? The uh, I think it was Isaiah said, uh, Lord, discipline me uh, with your justice and not with your anger, because there'd be nothing left. <laughs> if God disciplined us with anger, there'd be nothing left. Where, where can a man hide? Uh, you know, people say, people want to preach that God's after you. God's going to get you. Well, he, you know what? Where can you hide that he would not get you? If God wanted to get you, you'd been got. But God's got grace for you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your bad deeds. He knows your good deeds. He still loves you, and he has not killed you, and he's not going to. But he does want you to do his word. Amen? So let's go to number one. We're talking about honoring our our father and mother, our our mother today, and Jesus honored his mother. And I've got two examples that I laid out, and the first one uh, is John 2, 2. This was a wedding, and uh, Jesus was invited to this wedding. And as you look at the story, you got to read in between the lines. And so we'll read it first, then we'll talk about it. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, if you're invited to a wedding, you got to know the groom and the bride, right? Most, Most likely. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And so his mother said to the servants, do whatever he said, tells you. <laughs> now, you know, kind of notice this. You know, mom says, go do that. And he goes, well, look, don't, don't push me into doing that. Yeah, he did it anyway. Because it's Mama. You know what? How many of y'all, your mama ever asked you to do something? You didn't really want to do it. But you do it anyway because you honor your mother. Jesus honors mother. Look, this wedding had to be a family wedding or his mother wouldn't have been involved with it. His mother wouldn't have said, hey, they need help. You need you to do something. I don't expect she knew that he was going to turn the water into wine because that was his first miracle. But she knew that he could get it done. Hmm? You know, uh, if I go home uh, my mom has a list because she knows I can get it done the, the, that sink's leaking uh, this drain's not working can you do' there's shingles missing on the roof okay mom I just come to visit but it doesn't matter I end up doing it because she knows I can get it done okay and I don't want her even though she would get up there at 70 77 years old she'd get on the roof Don't do that but, she mows five acres now at 77, every week. And that's something, you know. And so I, I wear out a mower every year. They're all pieced together and tied up. Listen, Jesus honored his mother. Can you see in between the lines there what he, she said, you know, do something about this. Fix this. Oh, Mom. But he did it. Let's look at, let's look at another one. In John 19. 25 and 26, Jesus is on the cross, looking out at the crowd. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, uh, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So Jesus' mom and his aunts there, and when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he says in the next verse, son, behold your mother. And John took her to his house. He took her to his house and he took care of her. John. And now Jesus had other brothers. But yet he gave John, take care of my mama. Take care of mom. Take care of my mother. Make sure she's taken care of. Huh? Jesus honored his mother. We need to take care of mom, don't we? We need to honor her. He's quiet in here. That's all right. Number two. How do we honor? How can we honor? How can we honor your mother? Or our mothers? It's very simple. Proverbs 1, 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Do what she says. Remember, now, now. let me teach you something just real quick. Whether your mother's in this room or not, maybe she passed away 10 years ago, but if she stood at the back door and said something, you'd go, hey, wait a minute, That's my, that's my mama. That's my grandmother. That voice is still in your head. That voice is still there that speaks to you. Don't do that don't do that. Huh? You, hear, you can hear mom's voice. You can hear, you can hear the voice. Guess what? You're supposed to hear the Holy Spirit the same way. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you telling you the same thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. Maybe you didn't have a parent that, that led you correctly, but you have the Holy Spirit that will. He's your guide. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your teacher. Well, how's he going to teach me? You have an inward witness an inward witness that you're born again you have a an inward witness that you're a child of god you have a witness on the inside of you that you belong to god that you're in the family of God and god speaks to his people and you say well i really haven't ever heard him talk well you know what you got to sit down and listen you got to ask because there are, the bible says there are many voices listen y'all hear that there's a truck going by on the interstate can you hear that you know i stopped and, and recognized that some heard it Some didn't. How about the voice of God? You got to tune into it. We tuned into that truck going down the interstate. You have to tune into the voice of God. You have to tune into the things that mother told you, that your mom said, or your grandmother, that that when they led you right. I always tell the funny stories. When my grandmother prayed for me, my grandmother told me right and wrong. But I always tell the funny stories because I remember her, I always... She was always good for a laugh. She was fun to be around. And so let's look at one more. Let's look uh, in Proverbs 6 20. My son, keep your father's commandments, forsake not your mother's teaching, but bind them always around your neck. Or bind them uh, on your heart always and them around your neck. We're supposed to keep God's teaching in our heart, too. You know, we teach that all the time, but guess what? Every godly thing mother said, you need to remember. You know, I always make fun of my grandfather because he had sayings that, you know, and I realized what what they, Wednesday night I talked about, I realized, wait a minute, when I got old enough to figure out what they meant, I'm like, I can't say that. But here's a key that generation, they live godly whether they were saved or not. What do you mean? They were taught by godly teachers, they were taught by godly people. And I'm going to give you a scary analysis. You know, we have wonderful kids just left out of here. Do you know that only 4% of kids go to church today? When I was 45 to 50% when I was a kid went to church. And before the generation before me, they went to church, probably 60 to 80% of people went to church. I was witnessing to a man in town here, and he was making some stuff for me, and he was talking about growing up. His daddy died in the coal field, and, and, you know, he said, you know, I don't know if I'm a Christian or not. And, uh, and he said, but, you know, I was taught by my teachers. They took me under their wing. They taught me. And, and, and you know what? He told me what they taught him and this and that and the other. They disciplined him. And I said, you know what? Whether you received it or not, they were giving you Christian counsel. They were giving you godly counsel. And they were being a parent to you. They were talking to you because they were godly. And, they were, and you know, he knew scriptures that they taught him. And so, you know what? That's, that's fleeting, isn't it? We need revival. We need revival in this land, and, 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 and so we need to, we need to, to pray for that in, and we need to be speaking into people's lives. They need revival. They need change. They, we need to put scriptures in, in our mouth and speak it over people. We need to live godly because what people are watching you. People care, so how, how can we honor our mothers as we do what they say? The same way, how do you honor God? Do what he says. Do what the word says. We have to do what the Word says to the best of our ability. And as it's guess what? The Word is revealed and revealed and revealed. It's like layers and layers. And the more it's revealed, the more you have to obey and the more you're called to do it. And it's easy. It's fun. Oh, man, you're going to make me do that. No, God isn't that way. I mean, you know, that's the way it is. You clean your room up. You know, Mama said, clean your room up. And you're like, ah. Y'all, be real quiet cause some of your kids are in here, you know. Well, God say, clean your act up. God say, live righteous. Righteousness, peace, and joy, that's the kingdom of God. To rip, you know, where's wo- love at? Love's in righteousness. If you love God, you'll do what he says. You'll live rightly. You'll have right standing with him. And because he loves you, you'll have right standing with him. Because he sent Jesus, you have right standing with him. And because you accept Jesus, you make him Lord, you have right standing with God, and then all, you have access to everything. But obedience is a key too. To go deeper in God, you gotta obey what the man said. I, I use this example. My my daughter played, my middle daughter played ball in school, and she practiced almost every day. And one day it was just coming a storm. She, she came home from school. She's there by herself, and she's used to being up and doing something. So she cleaned the whole house, top to bottom. I come in and I'm like, what happened? What is going on? What I cleaned. I just couldn't sit here. I had to do something. I said, what can I give you? What can I do for you? How much money do you want? What do I want to do? You know, that's the way God is with us when you're obedient to him. He said, what can I? The Bible says he'll withhold no good thing when you're obedient. He'll withhold no good thing from you. Man, it just opens the door. Of blessing. I want to say, where can I take you? Buy you ice cream? What do you want? You clean the whole house. Glory be to God. Didn't even have to say something. Because she's one of them like, ah, you know, she'll growl. Y'all don't know nothing about kids, huh? Anyway, but you need to bind the Word of God around your neck. a Put it in your heart. Put it in your mouth. Put it on your mind. You see, because your parents or your parents should have represented God. I know some of us have bad parents and some of us didn't know our parents, but it doesn't matter. God is your father and Jesus is your brother. Okay? So now you're in a new family, Christian, and if you're not a Christian, you can become a part of the family of God. I'm going to show you how here in just a little bit. But number three, Timothy is a product of great mothers. I had to bring this out. I mean, you know, there's a book Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy was like a son to him, and Timothy is a product of great mothers. Paul talks about his grandmother and his mother, how they taught him. Yeah. In 2 Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of, of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 2. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ, Christ Jesus our Lord. Spoke a blessing over him. Now he says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. And I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Hold that scripture right there. Paul said, I remember you constantly night and day. When he thinks about him, he's praying for him. You know what? When somebody comes to your remembrance, you need to be praying for them. It's just not a good thought. If God brings somebody up to your remembrance, pray for them. Pray for that person. Maybe you went to school with them. Maybe you ever been driving down the road and look at somebody, and you know that couldn't be them, but it reminds you of them? Pray for them. That looks like somebody I went to school with. Well, they're not around here. Huh? Pray for them because that's a reminder to pray for somebody. I'm trying to, you see, see, I've taught you covenant. Remember is a covenant word. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Every time we do communion, remember, remember what Christ did. Remember. And you need to remember, remember the people that don't know Jesus in your life and remember those that do and encourage them because Timothy needed encouragement. This is Timothy, a letter to Timothy who needs encouragement. Have you, are you an encourager? Have you encouraged anybody lately? Do you have the power to encourage somebody? Moms especially, dads, friends, brothers, sisters, you're called to be an encourager. Let's look at verse 4. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. He saw joy. He was like family to him. I mean, you know, there's, good, there's some people that's fun to be around. You need to be that person. Don't you be the one, well, you know, it's raining. I mean, you know, we're all going to get wet today. You know, even on your birthday, yeah, ain't nobody going to give me nothing anyway. Come on. That's Eeyore. We're not Eeyore. We're Jesus. Okay? And so let's look at verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Sincere faith. Real faith. Real faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So Paul's talking about your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, they put faith in you, and you've got the same. You was raised in this. guess what? I was raised in it, but I took it to another level. Amen. And I want my kids and my grandkids to take it to another level, even to stand on my shoulders. You know what? We stand on the people who came before us. That's the Bible teaches that we stand on their faith, and we're supposed to grow our faith to the next level. You say, "Well, I just don't. I can't. I don't have the faith of my grandma." Oh, yeah, you do. She put it in you. You have to develop it. You have to strengthen it. The Bible says God's given to each man uh, a faith, but it's up to you what you do with it, how you develop it, and how you walk in it. You have to develop it. So look at verse six. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, uh, fan into the flame, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Look, fan the flame. He's encouraging Timothy. Are you an encourager? He's encouraged Timothy. Stay the course. Walk the walk. Timothy's called to be a pastor where he's at, and he's saying, stay the course. Because look, look at the next verse. For God, has, for God gives us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind, or self-control. Listen to me. He's struggling with some things, and Paul wrote him to encourage him. And you know what? Don't be afraid. He's having an opportunity to, have, to fear to control his life. Anybody ever been there? Of course. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear attacked Timothy. At this point, he's under fear because they are threatening to kill him. Uh, they're threatening to do things to him. Uh, you know, you look at America and it's going downhill, and you, you know, it brings fear into some people's hearts. But we gotta—we gotta increase our faith, Amen. not our fear. Amen. Did you know how Timothy died? Timothy was not afraid. They were having some kind of horrible parade out in front of his house, and he's in his seventies, maybe closer to eighties. And he gets out and said, y'all, that, that ain't right. That's not godly. And they killed him. But he stood up and walked out in the middle of the parade and told them that wasn't godly, that wasn't right. And then he was martyred, was not afraid. But how many of you know fear will attack you, fear will come against you, but the Word of God and the people who encourage you. Be around people who will encourage you. Be an encourager. You know, last Sunday, they, uh, James Payne taught on seed and sowing. Sowing seed. If you are an encourager, you're planting seeds, guess what? It's going to come back to you. Somebody's going to come and encourage you. Be an encourager. Be one full of joy. I was laughing, at this guy, he was counseling, uh, him and his wife were counseling this husband, and, 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 and this lady said, You know, my mama's just so negative, she's so negative, and this and that and the other. And, and the pastor's wife looked at her and said, Don't you know you're just like your mama? <gasps> but guess what? There were seeds planted in her. We gotta dig those up. We gotta dig those up. We gotta be an encourager, not a doubter. Be an encourager, not a fear, not one who brings fear, not who brings doubt. Amen. I know I'm rolling through this pretty quick, but let's look at the last one. This one's so important. Paul recognized another as a mother. Romans 16, 13. At the end of Romans, he's greeting, 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 greeting people. And he says, greet Rufus. That's a good name for your your kids there. And uh, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Now just stop and think for a minute. Are there ladies in your life that have been like a mother to you? That took you in? That fed you? Or that encouraged you? That strengthened you? Paul said, who has been a mother to me as well. I have bunches. I have bunches. People who spoke into my life. Ladies who took me aside and, and, and adopted me. My wife and I moved, moved away uh, when we first got married. We moved away two hours. We moved away from babysitters, grandmothers, grandmothers, you know, and all that. And we moved away, but people adopted us. Because we didn't have anybody there. You know what? God will put people in your life, but God will make you that encourager. God will make you a mother to somebody. You may not have any, any children, but you can be a mother to somebody. Or you may have eight or nine kids and you're still a mother. Because once, you know what? You ever met a mother with, with several kids? They're in mother mode. They're always in mother mode. My aunt was like my sister, she was the baby, I was the oldest. We went to school together all the way up through high school. She was a year and th- three quarters months older than me. Year and seven months older than me. She was like a big sister. I was forever more bumming money off of her or whatever. And and, and uh, she had three kids. And they lived as they were growing up. Those I'm sorry. She had four kids. Those four kids they lived in a uh, uh, in a certain area. And then they moved 20 miles. But uh, but she mothered every kid that her kids were friends with. And, and, and so then they moved to another small community and their kids got into high school and, uh, she, she mothered the kids there, fed kids that they came to, and they wanted to be at her house because she was mom to everybody. Matter of fact, she was a glue. She's, she's glue in our family. Uh, she'd call and say, when y'all coming home, y'all need to come home. July, you better be here. And she'd call everybody. We're getting together. July, we're getting together at so-and-so's house and you better be here. And like you, you know, okay, we're going to be there. You know, you couldn't tell her no. And she'd call you. If you said no, she'd call on you next week. All right, did you change your mind? We're getting together as a family, and you're supposed to be there. I'm going to tell you a, a horrible story about her. As they lived beside the highway, and a guy broke down, and he was crazy. And uh, he uh, he he put his foot through the door, and, and uh found the, and had stabbed her and beat her and beat her down, beat her horribly. Her daughter ran out and uh, went and got people, and the, and the guy wouldn't shoot him. It was just crazy, and she was just beaten to a pulp. It was horrible. Stabbed in the back, punctured her lung, and uh, I'm just, it's a horrible story, but it's the, the thing about it was from when she raised her kids, all those kids, was well, she was mama too, even if the, these moved 30 miles away, all these kids were mama Man, everybody was up in arms looking for this guy. The love that she had put on those people, being an encourager, being uh, speaking into their life, telling them right from wrong, they rallied. People rallied for her, prayed for her. Some people, when they caught the guy, they were trying to get, I'm going to get put in jail so I can beat him up. And somebody did. But anyway, because there was somebody in jail that she had mothered at one point. I know it's a crazy story, but I'm telling you, there are people that will speak into your life, and you need to be one of those. You need to know God well enough that you can speak into somebody's life to be that encouragement, to be that strength, to be that helper, to be the one to mother them, to speak life into them. Because you know how, how hard it is when, when, you, when you're growing up and, and you, maybe you had a rough childhood. Well, change change. You know, as a pastor, I hear everybody's rough childhood. I, and, and there's some people in this church that had, have had rough childhoods, but that does not define you. That does, does not define who you are and what God's called you to be. And God's called you to come up out of the muck and the mire and stand up on the solid ground with Him. And to bring a change, to speak life, to be that father, or to be that mother that would speak life into people. And you know what? My parents weren't perfect but I tried to learn from it. I, my grandmothers, my grandparents were not, weren't perfect, but I, you know what? I want to learn from it. And you know what? When Working with youth and kids, it trains you too. You know, be there because the, there's there's young kids that need encouragement. There, there's kids, my kids needed encouragement. And there I am, the youth pastor and everything else. Why do they need encouragement? Because they didn't feel like they could talk to me. Cause you know I'm too close. I'm that I, they needed. They wanted a pastor. Sometimes people want to talk to a pastor, and it's okay to let your kids talk to somebody else and let them mother them and let them father them and pour into them. It's like one one old man said. I've been telling my kid for years, and he finally he turned 20 and he come in the house said, "Did you know so and so and so and so?" And he thought, "I've been telling you that for 10 years." And he goes, "So and so just told me that, man. I didn't know that." He's like but they got it from somebody else. But he said, thank God they got it. Thank God they got it. And so make sure that you allow people godly to speak into your children and be that godly person. Be the mother that Paul said, she was a mother to me. She was a comfort to me. She was a help to me. Are you helping people? Are you setting your? Are you set, are you so self-indulged or self-motivated? Look at just at yourself how, how much help you need. How I many you know if you plant seeds, it help's coming to you? If you become a help. It's a commercial break. Monday nights we're starting. Recovery group from whatever drugs, alcohol, whatever the addiction might be, but Monday night it begins. So I need you to pray over it. Can we do that right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're excited about all you're about to do in this in this church, Lord, in this community through this recovery. Father, Monday nights are going to be the nights of your glory where lives will be changed, hearts will be touched. Lord God, that a difference will be made in lives, that we can present Jesus Christ as the answer uh, to every broken heart, to every addicted heart. Father, let us be mothers and fathers to these who are hurting. And Father, let us show them and let them recognize Jesus as Lord. Let them recognize the Holy Spirit as their helper. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. God wants to help people and that's what we're doing our vision as a church is to help people that's why we started a recovery group because God just delivered people in here over the last two or three years of alcohol and drugs and just different things just you know what just because he wanted to just because they opened their heart and now they feel called to do that we've got about 10 people that are involved they're wanting to teach and help people so pray over that here's the last thing God wants you and his family he wants to be your mother and your father. He wants you to receive him as Lord and Savior. He wants you to live his ways. How many you know God's ways are better? You know, I find out saying that every service. God's ways are better. Do you recognize his ways? Isaiah 55 says, my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. But he didn't say, you couldn't know my ways. He goes, my ways are better. And God's ways are better. God's ways of parenting are better. Grandparenting God's ways with money is better. God's ways with life's better. Now, just the beginning to accept Jesus Christ as Lord, that's just the beginning. Today is the day of new beginnings for some people. Have you accepted him as Lord and Savior? Now are you living for him as the next step? Are you filled with his spirit? Are you pursuing him with all your heart? Or is he just an afterthought? Come to church on Mother's Day. Don't let God be that way. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He laid His Son out just for you. Put Him on a cross. Jesus volunteered to come as a man. Laid His deity aside. Was nailed to a cross for our sins. At thirty three years old, gave up His future, gave up His life for us. A sacrifice for our sins. A sacrifice that we could have access to the Father through his sacrifice. That he died as our brother, as our savior, as our champion. Man, I have people in my life that I call my champions. I honor them, I look to them. There there are people, there are are ladies in my life that are mothers, they're champions to me. They're champions. But Jesus is our number one champion. Jesus died on the cross for us that we could be in the family of God the family of God won't you bow your heads God's speaking to you today I ask you to bow your heads Won't you look at your heart if he's speaking to you today are you listening will you answer will you answer to go deeper will you answer to become in the family a child of God it says to be born again into the family of God Jesus told Nicodemus, a man must be born again. Must be changed. That means that there is a place inside you, in your spirit, that is a house for the Almighty God. A place that God will dwell. A place that God wants to live. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on your heart. Don't be ashamed. We've all done it. Every Christian in here has asked Jesus to come into their heart. Will you do that today? Let's start. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand and say, yeah, Pastor, I need to get saved. I need to give my life to God for the first time. Is that you? Will you just lift your hand? Let me pray over you. Maybe you're here and said, "You know, I got saved a long time ago. But I haven't been living for him. And I need to step it up a notch. I remember everything Jesus has done for me and I want I need to take it to another level. I need to go deeper in God." Is that you just lift your hands? I see your hand. I see your hand. Your hand. See, we just we just we just talking. It's just us and God today. I see your hand. Anybody else? And then this one, I see your hand. Here's the other thing. Become that mother or that mentor. Can you make that commitment today in your heart to to begin to mentor people? People that, that you know that God's put on your heart and that you will mentor them and you'll call them, you'll pray for them. This is just a simple sermon today, but it's to stir you up to do more for God. To be a mother to somebody. To receive counsel from God. Encouragement that you can be an encourager. If that you want to be an encourager, just make that commitment. Lift your hand. And let me pray over all of you. Let's just all lift our hands right now. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. And Father, those that are recommitting their life today, we thank you that you in no wise cast them out. That you're like the father to the prodigal son who went out. And that you've been looking for people to come back to you. And Father, I thank you that today, these that have come back, Lord God, you take them with open arms. You put the coat on them, a coat of righteousness. And you put the ring on their finger. Let the love of God well up in them in a greater measure. Father, let them know without a shadow of doubt that that they are children of God, that they are born again. And Father, over the people who want to commit to do more, Father, to be that mentor, to be that mother to others, to be that encourager. Father, I just release a fresh anointing on them in the name of Jesus, to encourage people, to be that encourager, to be that leader that you're called to be, to lead people in godliness. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.